Support for Yale Cancer Answers is provided by AstraZeneca, working to change the cancer paradigm through personalized medicine. Learn more at AstraZeneca-US.com. Welcome to Yale Cancer Answers with Drs. Howard Hoxter, Anise Chagpar, and Stephen Gore. I'm Bruce Barber. Yale Cancer Answers is our way of providing you with the most up-to-date information on cancer care by welcoming oncologists and specialists who are on the forefront of the battle to fight cancer. This week, in honor of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, it's a conversation about the use of radiotherapy in the treatment of breast cancer with Dr. Mina Moran. Dr. Moran is a professor of therapeutic radiology, assistant clinical professor of nursing, and director of the Yale Breast Radiotherapy Program. Dr. Gore is a professor of internal medicine and hematology and director of hematologic malignancies at Smilo Cancer Hospital. It seems to me that a lot of people find the idea of radiation super scary. They do. They do. And actually, I think the vast majority of them know uh, family members or acquaintances or friends who've had radiation and they hear horror stories. And is it mostly like they've heard people from the old days when they like they got yes. cobalt, I used to hear. Yes. And, right? and they got burns and their you know skin was falling off. And, and the technology has changed so much and advanced so much now that it's very um, individualized to the patient and we're able to take account of the anatomy and, and really minimize side effects. It's also very site dependent, so depending on the body, the part of the body that we're treating. Okay, so we'll, we'll certainly want to get into that uh, during our show, but we can just get right off the bat that like radiation isn't like this horror story necessarily at all, right? Specifically for breast cancer, no, not at all. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, so why do we why do we use radiation for breast cancer? I mean, I, I know that I think everyone knows people get lumpectomies or they get a mastectomy and they get reconstructive surgery, and then a lot of people are getting chemo afterwards or hormones. So why should they also be getting radiation, or who should get radiation? So um, originally, say 25 years ago, the standard of care was actually a mastectomy for any woman who had breast cancer. And since that time in Europe and also in the United States, they started doing trials looking at mastectomy versus doing less than a mastectomy. And those trials looked at doing a lumpectomy, which is removing the primary tumor and also removing the primary tumor and adding radiation to it. And what they found was, while there was no difference at all in the long-term outcomes in terms of survival, there was a difference in that women who didn't get the radiation had a 30 to 40% chance of it coming back within the breast. And what that suggests is that when the surgeon removes the tumor, that there are sometimes residual cells left behind. And what the radiation does is it sterilizes the area that we target. Just to clarify what you just said, um, now was that comparing the lumpectomy with or without the radiation, or was that comparing the lumpectomy and radiation to the mastectomy? All three arms. So so it's looking at, when you look at mastectomy, lumpectomy, and lumpectomy plus radiation, there's no difference in survival. Okay. But the patients who have the lumpectomy alone have a much, much higher chance of it coming back within the breast or locally. In the re- locally or in the nodes. And then they have to undergo additional treatments and it has to kind of start all over again. Mm-hmm. But comparing the mastectomy to the lumpectomy with the radiation? There's no difference in survival. And right? what about the local recurrence? The local recurrences are similar. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it sounds to me then nowadays 
correct me if I'm wrong, that if I were a woman uh, with the, I guess this is for local breast cancer, right? Localized breast cancer, yeah. They can choose between getting a mastectomy? Absolutely. And actually, the standard of care is really to do uh, breast conservation if the patient wants it. um, because That means the smaller surgery, right? The smaller surgery, removing the lump and delivering radiation is really the standard of care for someone who has a small tumor that's localized. Um, which is very different than someone who has disease that's spread in various parts of the breast, in the lymph nodes, po- possibly up into the neck, which can happen also sometimes. Right, but that, that's a different That's a different discussion. thing, exactly. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So, so how do women negotiate this choice? Is it like just pretty clear to them that they're like, oh, I just want to get the whole thing off, or, gee, I would never want to lose my breast if I don't have to, or yeah. are there people who struggle? I can see that it might well, be difficult, I, I right? Think, I, think, I think some women struggle with it, but I think others come in and they already know what they want. And we're actually seeing a trend where uh, once breast conservation or doing the lumpectomy had already been established and that data was available to all the surgeons and to the radiation oncologists and to patients, for a while, we were seeing 50-50. 50% of the patients were doing breast conservation. 50% of the patients were asking for mastectomies. And now we're actually seeing a trend nationally where more patients are asking for mastectomies, in fact, double mastectomies, because they feel that it might improve their outcomes. But in fact, they, it doesn't necessarily do that. Um, and, and sometimes the women are just uh, not wanting to go through the follow-up of having repeat mammograms and that kind of thing as well. So there is a personal preference involved. Hmm. So the double mastectomy thing, I, I remember, was it Angelina Jolie? Yes, yes. She did it in a different setting, though. She did it in a prophylactic setting. Because meaning, she had a breast yes. cancer gene or something, She had right? a gene, and she did it in order to prevent breast cancer. So mm-hmm. she had all of her breast tissue removed so that none of the cells would develop into cancer, which is very different than a patient who develops breast cancer and then has to choose between lumpectomy and radiation versus mastectomy as their treatment. I'm just curious, though, when when a really prominent media star, very glamorous, the Brangelina thing, and kind of attractive personally as well as, you know, being an attractive person, uh, you know, adopting all those kids and everything, was there an uptick in, a, in interest Absolutely. in the mastectomy if, Brangeli- if Angelina <laughs> you know, can have a double mastectomy? Well, what am I worried about, right? Yeah. And, I would imagine. I mean, yeah. it's very and, humanizing. And it, was actually, and it was actually called the Angelina Jolie effect wow. where the mastectomy rates just started going up. Hmm. But again, very different scenario, which is a subtle thing, but but not so much in, in the medical world in that one is a prof- prophylactic, meaning you're trying to prevent something. Another one is a treatment for when you already have breast cancer. And the vast majority of women who have breast cancer actually don't carry the gene. They're, they are actually, it's just a sporadic, meaning it happens just because of multiple unknown factors right. over time. So for those people, the kind of the, the average woman with breast cancer, with a localized breast cancer on one side, she shouldn't necessarily be thinking that, well, I want to have both breasts removed to minimize. There's some risk, right, to a recurrence on the other side? There is. There is. But, but you know, it's not very different than if she never, some, had, breast if cancer, she never right? had breast cancer. And it's also not very different if she had a breast conservation procedure mm-hmm. um, because you're most the vast majority of these patients are getting systemic treatment. The vast majority of these patients are going to be ER positive or PR positive. Um, Those estrogen, are the hormone the receptors? The hormone receptors, uh-huh. estrogen and progesterone. And so they'll be taking some type of anti-hormone therapy 
therapy to block those receptors. Um, so there's a lot of different things that are just bringing our, our recurrence rates really, really, really low. So women have the option of preserving their breast if they choose to do so. And it seems like it would be a lot less surgery to absolutely. do that, right? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how is the, I guess, cosmetic effect, if mm-hmm. you will, if somebody's had a, uh, you know, a tumor removed and then radiation? Mm-hmm. You know, can they wear a bikini if that if they like that kind of a thing? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Um, it also depends on how much breast tissue is there to begin with. So mm-hmm. if you have, you know, a relatively, you know, moderate-sized breast and a small tumor, as you can imagine, it's relatively easy for the surgeon to go in and remove the tumor, um, and you'll have a small scar in that area where the where the lumpectomy is performed. But otherwise, you know, there's 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 there'd be minimal defects. When we add the radiation, it does cause some scar tissue and that can sometimes, you know, depending on how the person heals and responds to radiation, it might be a little bit more uh, pronounced or not. Um, But ultimately, you're preserving the breast with the goal of having a good good to excellent cosmetic outcome. Mm -hmm. Um, With the mastectomy and with reconstruction, what patients don't realize is that, you know, um, first of all, you lose all sensation in your um, uh, chest in terms of uh, there's no nipple areolar complex um, unless that's preserved, but that's a whole other discussion. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why the breast will, breasts will never look the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, often patients will undergo all that and are, are somewhat surprised or disappointed because they they think that when they're doing their reconstruction that it's going to look like just like before before and it's not um, and that that becomes a lot harder so the vast majority of patients who get radiation in the breast conservation setting 80 to 90% report good to excellent outcomes mm. with the cosmetic outcome I, w- I would hope that the it's plastic surgeons right that do the yes. reconstruction I, yes. I would hope that they're Letting people know, uh, yeah. informing people as best they can. I, yeah. I'm sure people hear what they want to hear as yeah, well. Yeah, right? I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, I think either way, there's 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 a lot of information to process. A lot. And, and yes. When you have cancer, so, you're upset. Yeah, and exactly, and and I think it's really hard when you're when you get diagnosed to actually think about. Not five years from now. Five years, exactly. And the reconstruction process is really, it should be almost, you know, after the fact, but it's not. You have to make these major decisions at the time that you're also told that you have to go through treatment and that you've just been diagnosed. It's really difficult. You know, it's so interesting because, like, you know, of course, in, in my cancers that I deal with, uh, which are leukemias, and, of course, everyone gets chemotherapy. That's the main treatment. Right. And, you know, people... Of both genders, uh, but more prominently, women are, of course, concerned about the hair loss, but they kind of accept that that's going to happen. And they're very reassured that their hair is going to grow back right. all, almost 100% of the time, even if it's a little different. But here you're talking about something that's, you know, on face value, disfiguring, right? At least in so much of our culture, on, for better or for worse, is right, you know, the breasts are part of this whole female conception of beauty and sexuality, I, I just can't even imagine. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we've made so many strides in terms of the breast conservation and, and you know, the, the surgeons with their techni- techniques and how they're actually doing smaller lumpectomies to achieve negative margins and localizing techniques. The radiologists have been very, very helpful in, in localizing the tumor beforehand for, to help the surgeons actually get in and, and, and remove it in its entirety. So all of these things have made a big difference. And, and right now, the patients that we see that are having breast conservation, 
they they look they look great and there there and there are a, a lot of them that have to come back after 6 months after radiation i can't even i'm looking to see wow. where the scar is and you know um not always because again it, you know how i develop a scar versus how you develop a scar is going to be a different thing um but 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 and there is some variation with the radiation but Ultimately, the cosmetic outcomes are actually very good. Hmm. And, and what about the loss of sensation if there's a lumpectomy and radiation? Are there any issues with sexuality and sensation? I think much, sensation? much, much less so than with mastectomy. Mm-hmm. Much less so with mastectomy. Um, so you will have some. Primarily, the the complaints that I'll hear from my patients are that they have um, some loss of sensation or numbness around the scar. Mm-hmm. So if the scar is in the nipple or the areola region, then that might cause them to have some um, difficulties with the sexuality or some some differences. But most of the time, it's not. It's somewhere in the breast tissue, and so it's away from the nipple or areola, and it's the the axillary um, lymph node um, biopsy or the dissection scar that actually bothers them more because that's directly under the arm, and often their, their arm is rubbing, and they're feeling that, and that feels kind of funny to them. So that's the major complaint, but, but it doesn't really affect them sexually. Good. Uh, I assume you're not radiating under the arm for most of these patients. Not for most, but sometimes. Yeah. Well, good. This is a, it's been a fast 15 minutes, uh, but we do need to take a short break for a medical minute. Please stay tuned uh, to learn much more about radiation and breast cancer with Dr. Mina Moran. Support for Yale Cancer Answers is provided by AstraZeneca, a biopharmaceutical business with a deep-rooted heritage in oncology and a commitment to developing cancer medicines for patients. Learn more at AstraZeneca-US.com. The American Cancer Society estimates that over 53,000 new cases of pancreatic cancer will be diagnosed in the United States this year. This number represents about 3% of all cancers in the U.S. and about 7% of all cancer deaths. Clinical trials are currently being offered at federally designated comprehensive cancer centers for the treatment of advanced stage and metastatic pancreatic cancer using chemotherapy and other novel therapies. Fulfirinox, a combination of five different chemotherapies, is the latest advance in the treatment of metastatic pancreatic cancer, and research continues at centers around the world looking into targeted therapies and a recently discovered marker, HENT1. This has been a Medical Minute, brought to you as a public service by Yale Cancer Center. More information is available at YaleCancerCenter.org. You're listening to WNPR, Connecticut's public media source for news and ideas. Welcome back to Yale Cancer Answers. This is Dr. Stephen Gore, and I'm joined tonight by my guest, Dr. Mina Moran. We've been discussing the field of breast cancer and minimizing the toxicity of radiation for patients. Mina, I, I promise uh, that we're going to really get to talk about radiation, which is your field. That I, I wanted to share an anecdote uh, that I just heard on uh, uh, NPR this week. Uh, which had to do with, uh, I don't know if you heard about it or not, but there was a young woman with breast cancer in her 20s and uh, and uh, talks about her process. And she went for bilateral mastectomy. I don't know whether she had a breast cancer gene or not, but she decided that was the right thing for her. 
and um, and at the end of the day, she was not satisfied with her cosmetic uh, effect, at least in terms of her self-image. And the story was about her uh, going to a tattoo artist and reclaiming her chest in a whole different way. Hmm. And uh, you know, I'm just. Put, put it out there, I'm not a tattoo fan. I'm kind of old for that, and <laughs> it's not my taste. But this story, and you, and you can watch this video of her on the web, I found it very moving. I mm-hmm. have, do you have any experience with, no, with that at all? No, I but I do, so know, interesting. I do know that, that you know, I, I'm, I'm assuming that she did some kind of a... An extensive personal, personal thing. Or art. It's And it's beautiful. I have to say uh, it's beautiful. Huh. No, no, I actually know. Yeah. I <laughs> just wanted to know your input. I, it's been on my mind. Something about it is very haunting to me. Yes, uh, absolutely. About that whole idea of how how do we reclaim our self image and our self concept after something that is can be so psychologically and physically devastating, right? I mean, that's absolutely. really interesting. No, absolutely. But absolutely. it sounds like you're helping people to not have to suffer that way if uh, if the results are so good. Well, yeah, I think I think in terms of the radiation, we've done a lot to minimize side effects. Uh, years ago when we treated patients, um, there was a lot of uh, toxicity to the skin, caused a lot of scar tissue and, and permanent visible um, damage to the skin that you could actually see. Mm-hmm. There was damage to the heart and the lung. There was an increase risk of lung cancer and cardiac toxicity that cause premature deaths. And now with our three-dimensional technology, we're able to really tailor the radiation beam so that we're just focusing on the area where you know that's at risk and and not just um, uh, just shooting the entire chest area. So how do you do that? I mean, that sounds like Star Wars. How do you do that? Yeah, so um, what we do is we'll have the patient come in and depending on, uh, assuming, say, for example, if we have a left-sided breast cancer patient, we'll have them come in. We'll try to determine um, if they have a large breast and it's pendulous or if it's a smaller size breast. Um, If it's a larger breast and it's pendulous and they're having just the breast treated, um, sometimes it's better to put them in, as opposed to keeping them on their back for treatment, putting them on their stomach and Mm having the breast hang forward, there's a hole in the table, what we call prone board. Mm-hmm. And that um, allows gravity to help us to, to kind of move the breast tissue away from the chest wall. Have they already had their surgery at this point? They've had their surgery. We see them after the surgery. Um, to, this is to start the radiation. I got it. And um, we do what we call as a simulation. We bring the patient in. We tell them they're going to have a scan. And that's just to do the planning of the radiation. Are they really scared? Um, no, because we give them a lot of information in advance, and it's it, we tell them it's basically just a CAT scan. Okay, and they've um, had that before. They've probably. had that before. So so we put them, um, depending again on their anatomy, on either in a supine position or on in a, on their back mm-hmm. or prone on their stomach, mm-hmm. and then and usually their arms are you know above their head, so they have to get their arms up, and and then we take a scan and we use that scan and the borders um, that we have determined as physicians that are going to be needed to treat um, to to then design the radiation beams. And that's all done virtually while the patient's at home. Well, how can you do that when the tumor is not there anymore? How do you see where you have to go? So that's a, a very good question, actually. In fact, um, a, the vast majority of patients do have a small, if not 
larger seroma, which is a small um, bubble of liquid that fills the area where the surgeon took out the lump. Because they haven't filled in It hasn't with, filled uh, in with anything else. Right, uh-huh. exactly. So, so that's uh-huh. often helpful. Um, and more and more uh, surgeons are actually putting in clips in the area where they remove the tumor so that we can better localize it as well. And that's- Staples, you mean? They're like or- staples. They're radio-opaque clips that are like staples, and um, they go in and uh, allow us to just really localize that area so mm. that we can we can really make sure that it's covered. And that's extremely beneficial. And we're really pushing to have um, all the surgeons. It seems in like the it should be required. It should be, but it's not always done. And I think the surgeons, you know, because they have so much else going on at the very end, it's just an ad- additional thing that they have to think about, and it doesn't really affect their practice. So it, it is it's happening, but it's not you know happening. Um, as often as we'd like to see, and we'd like mm. to see that happen more. So you've got them there, the computer or the scanner takes the pictures. Correct. Hopefully they have the clips and that shows you really where it is, or otherwise you've got this fluid collection, which is a marker. Mm-hmm. And then your computer... Well, then we then we just determine. So typically, the, with whole breast radiation, we're treating the whole breast, and so we're going I from see. the mid sternum, so the mid portion of the chest between the two breasts, uh-huh. all the way to um, the the edge of the breast tissue and a little bit beyond that. So it's under the the You're sort of pointing to under your arm, under the arm, exactly. Yes. So we're really treating the whole breast area, and so we use the scan and we contour out the breast at all the different levels. And then the radiation beam is designed um, so that it is is coming in to treat the breast um, actually with a tangential field. It's very hard for me to actually describe it into words (laughs) without pictures. Dr. Moran, that's what you guys know is doing a lot of good gesticulating. (laughs) I'm waving my arms all over the place. Maybe we should do a video. (laughs) But but essentially what happens is that the, the beam the patient lays on the table in the same position for the daily treatment. And the the beam actually treats very superficially, just skims the chest wall mm. so that it's getting the breast and maybe a little bit of underlying tissue, but it's really, it's not penetrating through and through. So it's not going into the chest, like starting with it's the ribs, right? It's n- above the ribs, it's, basically. It's, exactly, exactly. It's kind of skimming the chest wall and it's individualized for the patient based on the amount of breast tissue they have and the contour of the breast tissue. Mm. And what that allows for is it just allows for a much more even distribution of the radiation dose as well, which we didn't have years ago. Wow. So, yeah. Do they get any extra where the tumor was or that's not necessary? They do. They get what we call boost. Uh, it's a radiation boost. The last um, few treatments, anywhere from four to eight treatments, are where we um, do a su- more superficial beam just in the area where the tumor was. And they have done studies that actually show that using this boost actually improves the outcomes even further. Hmm. So we usually will do a boost in the vast majority of patients. So in the case of the woman with a larger more pendulous breasts, as you've pointed out, mm-hmm. that you still irradiate the whole breast? Um, yep. For the for the most part, that's the standard of care right now. There are some... some um, is- studies now looking at and some or some places in, in the country where they're starting to do more and more of partial breast irradiation, which is just treating the lump and a small area mm-hmm. around it, but that's not the standard of care yet, and we don't have long-term outcomes with that, so that's still considered investigational for the most part. Gotcha. Uh, so how many 
in general, if there is a general, how many treatments will this require? So the standard based on all the trials that were done back 25, 30 years ago um, was five full weeks of radiation to the whole breast. and then Five it, days a week? Five days a week, yep, Monday through Friday. And um, if you miss a treatment, you just add it on at the end. So it's, you know, as long as it's in a certain amount of time, you're, you're, you're fine. Um, and then if you add the boost in, again, additional five to eight uh, for the boost after the five after the, after five, the weeks. five weeks, so it's, so like it's six, six and, and a half. half. Wow, right, that's, that's the that's the maximal. Mm. So, um, but since then, there we're we're now looking at ways to minimize treatment. One is the partial breast. Another way to minimize treatment or to reduce the the radiation. Um, uh, duration is to actually give the radiation in a shorter amount of time. So mm. now we are really trying to deliver the radiation um, in three to four weeks. And depending on uh, you, you know the patient's characteristics, we may or may not be able to do that. Mm. But we can actually finish the whole radiation and the boost in under four weeks in some patients. Yeah, that sounds a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. It's two and a half weeks yeah. that you save. So what kind of uh, side effects should people expect or are they side effect free? Uh, no, during the radiation, they will have um, fatigue, and it's usually a moderate amount of fatigue. It uh, amounts to, um, you know, uh, an extra nap, a nap which they never took before, or going to bed an hour early. It's mm-hmm. never, it's never debilitating for the most part, um, and they will get a skin reaction, and the skin reaction varies on the patient, their sensitivity uh, to the radiation, and also their you know, uh, various anatomic differences. Um, but that's really it. Is it like a sunburn? It's a little bit like a sunburn. Yeah, it's a little delayed reaction. Usually starts in the second or third week, and then it kind of progressively gets worse. Um, but it gets better pro- approximately a month after they they're use done. creams or anything like uh, that? Uh, we, do, we do give them a host of different things to try and to use and um, they may or may not help depending on the patient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So, in more itchy or pain? Both, both. Yeah. yeah we also give hydrocortisone and, and Benadryl ointment um, to help with the itching sometimes. Do the sometimes. best. Yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Exactly. So, not so terrible. No nausea usually? Or? Nope, not at all. No, again, we're treating just the breast tissue for the most part, unless or we're adding in the nodes. So, you know, since we're not radiating any of the organs that are related to nausea, or the stomach, uh, bowel, diaphragm, where you, you you wouldn't see those side effects with that. So really, it sounds to me like uh, the average person who might elect this uh, approach to therapy uh, really should find it perhaps inconvenient, but not really scary and pretty manageable. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, it's it's actually, and that's what um, we were starting to talk about earlier, is that the vast majority of patients hear about radiation. It's 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 an older, they oh, hear yeah. about older techniques, and, and it sounds very, very scary, but then they'll go through it, and I, almost every patient says, wow, that wasn't what I expected at all. Mm-hmm. This is a lot easier than, it was a lot easier than I thought it would be. I can't believe I'm done, and things like that. So so I think it, we, we have made a lot of strides, and I think it's important that patients, you know, get that education, ask a lot of questions in advance, and and kind of feel reassured before they get started so that they're not anxious about it. Because it is, um, you know, uh, 
I think it's reasonable to to um, to want to have all those questions answered in advance so that they're not anxious as they get started. Right. And are they able to work during the radiation? Absolutely. I mean, they are able to. If they want to not work, that's okay, too. Depending. Well, sure. But I'm saying, but they're well enough to work. They're though, well enough to work. Do their activities Absol- of daily living, Absolutely. take care of their kids. Swimming, doing whatever they want to do, yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Yeah, and do they follow up with the radiation oncologist afterwards? We do. It, it varies. Everyone has a little bit of a different practice in mm-hmm. our in our breast team. Um, but uh, depending on the patient, if they're following with a medical oncologist or a surgeon, you know, often you'll have one doctor that's the the primary gatekeeper sure. who will follow them long term and then kind of refer back for any problems that are specific to radiation. Gotcha. Now, are there people for whom this approach is not appropriate? Um, this, you mean breast conservation approach? Yeah. Um, well, so, so patients will choose to have a mastectomy or might need to have a mastectomy. And in that case, um, we have to then stratify the patient by their risk factors, meaning if they have high risk factors, despite the fact that all the breast tissue was removed, for example, if they have multiple lymph nodes that are involved, their doctors might still recommend radiation for them. And that's because between the tumor and the lymph nodes, there might be residual cells left Mm. behind, even though all the breast tissue is removed. And they have done multiple studies that show that actually giving radiation in the post-mastectomy setting for women who've who've had uh, the complete breast removed and lymph nodes removed still provides a benefit if you have some high-risk features. I see. So it really has to be tailored. It does, and that's why... A patient should never go in thinking that they're having the mastectomy because they want to avoid the radiation because there are many a times where there are unexpected findings at the time of surgery and they still require the radiation despite having had the mastectomy. So do the teams discuss this in a multidisciplinary way before they make their choices or recommendations? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's a a very multidisciplinary approach at Yale, and we have a great um, team of uh, surgeons, pathologists, the radiologists, radiation oncologists, medical oncologists, and we all work together to make sure the care is very coordinated and that everyone's on board and knows what's going on. And And I'm sure that other excellent hospitals would also offer such a multidisciplinary approach. It seems like something people should want. Uh, yeah, it is It is the standard of care. So uh, across the country now, there are over 500 um, uh, NAPBC National Accreditation for Breast Program centers that are accredited by the American College of Surgeons. Um, I was involved with the original development of these standards for what a breast center should be, what it should entail, and, and any, any breast center program should have a multidisciplinary tumor board, and it should have various, uh, there's a whole list of th- things that it should have, genetic counseling, for example, that are that's available to the patient. And that's important for the patient to, you know, look into. Dr. Mina Moran is a professor of therapeutic radiology, assistant clinical professor of nursing, and director of the Yale Breast Radiotherapy Program. If you have questions, the address is canceranswers at yale.edu, and past editions of the program are available in audio and written form at yalecancercenter.org. I'm Bruce Barber, reminding you to tune in each week to learn more about the fight against cancer here on WNPR, Connecticut's public media source for news and ideas.